Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another episode of Fan with the podcast that is the official podcast of the official website that is officially fanbite.com, which is the website that I work for. My name is Steven Strum. I am a host. I am a managing editor. I write things on the website that you all love. Who else is with me this week? We've got Merritt, who is also a managing editor. Hi, Merritt. Hey, what's up? Bringing that Brooklyn heat to the air. I've, what am I saying? I'm very tired. <laughs> I'm here. And I'm also a managing editor at fanbite.com, the official website of fan. Of official news. And of official reviews. news for all your fan needs. Um, mm-hmm. You know us. We got the good stuff. And- we got what you need. And that laughter of ridicule in the background <laughs> that you can hear right now, it belongs to one Sabriel Mastin. Hello, Sabriel. Oh, I didn't get to do my own intro. Hi. First returning guest on the show. Well, look at that. First, yeah. yeah. Bringing you the uh, the lukewarm warmth from Fargo. Oh. Uh, just following That's, merit there. Uh, it's a full 40 degrees out today. Yeah, we got, we got a heat wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. Anyway, you um, know me as a person who was on the podcast before uh, and does not officially work with Fanbyte officially or anything other official. I mean, official. you've literally been officially paid by us. To- <laughs> yeah, so you have- would you say that your tweets do not reflect the views of your employer? <laughs> I mean, they might still, but but not officially. Mm, oh. Yeah. oh, I guess, wait, in that case, you, yeah, hmm. it's a quandary. Um, <laughs> but in any case, we're glad to have you back on. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. That's good. You're the first. You're also the first person who's ever told us it was good to be back on our show. So. <laughs> wow, man, <laughs> setting all kind of new records No today. one else has had oh. the opportunity yet, but yep, time will I'm tell just... whether they'll be like, I hate to be back here. Um, but you did force me to do it at gunpoint, so... <laughs> Look, I'm trying to take my wins where I can get them, Merit. Uh, <laughs> Those W's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on to them. We've got, we've got a very exciting show for you this week, too, dear listeners, because we've got video games to talk about this time, uh, and not just a bunch of dumb bullshit, like always, like those oh. other podcasts. What am I doing there. here, then? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you don't play video games at all, do you, Sabriel? No, so uh, no. I don't know why I asked you to be on in the first place. <laughs> We're just about that straight talk. You know, gamers simply want to play the games and discuss the gameplay, and that's what we're all about here. That's right. We mm-hmm. want the hard facts, the objective, unobjective, subjective. Mm-hmm. Where is it hard? Unsubjective. Yes. <laughs> let, me just take a, let me just take a big gold sip of my no politics at all juice right here real quick. <laughs> And then just yeah. boot up, uh, mm. boot up the division two for me. You bet. Oh no! I booted up the division two, and now I've got no politics at all juice all over my keyboard. You didn't do the foley, huh? <laughs> uh, you know, I've got a cat in this room with me, and I don't know if he would have taken kindly to like the sound of air being exhaled very quickly. <laughs> uh, so how is yeah. it? How is the division two? Uh, the Division 2... Yeah, I'm sorry, you mean the Division 2 colon get a motherfucking gun and shoot your neighbor? Uh, that Division 2? Because that's what happens in the intro of that game, is it literally has, like, a little bit of, like... It has this, like, kind of intro montage thing where they it's, like, literally flashes on the screen. It's like, did you have a gun? Did your neighbor? One of you survived. The apocalypse. What? Get a gun. It's straight up fucked! Wow! It's what... Yeah, oh it literally on the screen in big letters, like, yeah, did you own a gun? What? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! 
Well, kids, there you your lesson today. <laughs> the only mm-hmm. way you survive the apocalypse is if you got a gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, the Division 2... So for people who don't know the Division, Tom Clancy's the Division. Uh, Mr. Clancy's own the Division. Is he dead? Uh, was... He's no longer with us, is he? Yeah, he's been dead for several years. Yes, okay. Uh, not... No great loss, <laughs> in my opinion. But he was personally here. involved in this one. He died with his war this, on Black Friday. This was the, the Clancy estate. Right. The Clancy estate works with Ubisoft. Ubisoft has, like, I don't know, perpetual lifetime rights to his brand or something. I think Ubisoft owns the Tom Clancy brand, actually. I think they literally own the thing. Wow. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about that, so I guess maybe Ubisoft's names appear in those, like, you know, like, the credits of a Tom Cruise movie, I guess, because he was in the Tom Clancy movie recently. Um... Was it Rainbow Six? The movie? No. <laughs> it was, it's one of those Reacher movies, Jack Reacher or whatever. Oh, uh, that's, that right. what that's right. Called? Oh my God, yeah. yeah. They bought it. They've owned Tom Clancy's name for like 10 years. Wow. Huh. I didn't know it was that long, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. They certainly throw that name around quite a bit. They they have no qualms about and just d- making d- sure everybody knows. mean anything anymore? Like, no. Like, Nobody I remember when the first Clancy Rainbow was. Six came out and people were like, oh, whoa, Tom Clancy did this? Mm-hmm. He did those books or those movies I like with Harrison Tom Ford. Clancy, Tom Clancy created Ding Chavez? Hell yeah. He personally programmed Rainbow Six Las Vegas <laughs> Creed. Uh huh. The sure Rainbow did. Creed. <laughs> Multi talented individual, that Clancy. Um, no, uh, so yeah, The Division 1 was a game uh, from uh, several years ago that was basically like Ubisoft saying, like, hey, we want a game that's like Destiny. What if we made a game that's like Destiny? That's a loot shooter. Um, and set it in New York during a uh, terrorist attack, which in that game, I actually thought, that game is super fucked up for a lot of reasons, but I actually thought the premise, like some of the initial premise ideas were kind of cool, which was like that you were dealing with the dollar flu, the which was like uh, bad guys had like spread a, uh, a bioweapon on the money on Black Friday uh, in New York. So all the money had, was, like, infected, and it spread the dollar flu. And I thought that was a good name. Now see, uh, that's a good name, but there's a problem. What year was that set in? Oh, Current-ish like, day? Yeah, it's like 20X, like 21X, uh, It's like basically. when Mega Man X so, is happening. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so credit cards are a thing. I feel like <laughs> in the future it would be even more a thing. Yeah, it's like only six people got sick from the dollar flu <laughs> because nobody carries cash. <laughs> Yeah, it would actually be, I feel like that would actually be mostly, like, lower income people who, like, yeah. don't oh, have well, let, credit don't, cards. Don't, oh, don't, don't Wait, worry. Wait, politics. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of lower income people in The Division. Uh, you, you spend 95% of that game gunning them the fuck down. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool. Uh, because, because that game is uh, split into multiple different factions uh, that are, one of which is just literally, like, all the prisoners from Rikers Island have escaped uh, into the, uh, back into Manhattan. I think that game is set in Manhattan. Um, and they form one of the gangs, like one of the enemy factions. Mm-hmm. Like, Mary, you, you've been playing oh, Destiny. That reminds me right? of Destiny 2. Yeah. I, yeah. I started playing, not to, to jump in, but. No, no, I, no. Uh, Go ahead. I started playing Destiny 2 because I was looking for another game to stream that was a little less stressful than Apex. Mm-hmm. 
and I skipped to the Forsaken stuff. I played the, the intro mission for the campaign and saw the Space Roman Battletoads, and I was like, okay, I'm getting serious <laughs> Halo 2 vibes here because I'm expected to care about what these two Space Battletoads are talking about and like the struggle they've had to get to the top and now whatever. Like, I don't fucking care. Um, right. So I was like, Forsaken, skipping all of that. And then the first thing is like, Oh, are you a bad enough dude to help Nathan Fillion execute a bunch of prisoners? Wait, what? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it uh-huh. starts off with a prison break, a space prison break. The pr- the prison of elders. I think it's called mm-hmm. something like that. That is, yep. It's where all the old people are. Pri- no, it's um <laughs> just like random aliens, like I don't know, they're probably the aliens you've been seeing throughout the game. Um but basically you drop in and you're you're like there to help the warden i guess and uh it's never super clear the prison of elders is always that was the prison of elders was in destiny one as well and it was never a super clear-cut thing like who was running that place because like the guy who is supposed to be the warden of that place just straight up is not in destiny 2 and they have never explained it huh okay um so basically you get there and it's like we gotta stop this prison riot by gunning every last one of them down. And like space mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion robot is like really excited about it. Like he's keeping count. He's like flipping all over the place, like doing like yeehaw. And then um uh spoilers for Destiny 2 Forsaken, which came out <laughs> what, two years ago or a year ago? I, last year. A okay. little, uh, little bit of a Space Nathan, Nathan Fillion is executed by the leader of this prison break, I guess. Um, Aldrin Sov. Aldrin Sov. Um, Prince of the Awoken. The sure is a thing. Um, <laughs> I sure don't get That's the Awoken and the Falling confused. That, not ever. Um, oh, no. The, the, the Fallen are, are also called a million other things, so that's not confusing at all. Um, oh, you mean the Elixni? I don't know what... And then there's the zombie ones, which are called Scorn, and then there's... Yes. Which so, are just which are just fallen that have been like genetically modified or something. Okay, um, so yeah, <laughs> but the first mission of that game is like just kill like a thousand prisoners, just like uh-huh. fucking go to town on them. And like, oh, I didn't realize until afterwards, but I was like, hey, that was kind of weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a weird uh-huh. one. Yeah, no, it's a super fucked intro. Like, the, the, the politics of this Prison of Elders in general have always been very strange. Because, like, the other thing you don't mention, you didn't mention in there, is, like, they're in prison, but all the bad guys still have their guns and their same, like, weapons oh, that yeah. they're using in the regular world. Yeah, it's, the re- the, yeah. The reason that is, is because the Prison of Elders is basically the horde mode from Destiny 1. So in Destiny 1, there was a whole, like, mission subtype where you would go into the prison and just they would just send waves of the prisoners out after you and you would kill them for loot. <laughs> oh my God. In like a gladiator awful. arena. Like, yeah, oh, it's super terrible. this is like, this is a universe in which they already have a faction that is basically space zombies, which mm-hmm. is like that, that's horde mode. It writes itself. They're crawling out of craters on the moon. Shoot them. Mm-hmm. Not go to space jail and just like open some cages and like shoot people. Like, Whoa! So, here's a, here's another thing that that's very funny to me about you you mentioning the space zombies, uh, Merritt. Mm-hmm. Is you didn't play Destiny One, right? No, but I do know that the that wizard came from the moon. You do know that the wizard came from the moon, so you got basically the entire story right there. Yeah. But but a little bit of a side thing is the Destiny One begins with you with you being like a skeleton, like a corpse from like a thousand years ago. 
that gets yeah. resurrected by your little floating orb buddy. Yeah. Like all the all the player characters are also space zombies. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um and, what's yeah. And there's also some speculation that actually you guys are kind of playing the bad guys because the big giant orb that gives you all your magic powers might be a bad guy. So there's like some stuff around that. It's What if it's they fucking kind of pulled a uh spec offs the lion like five years into the series and we're just like hey guess what nerds you were the bad guys all along do you enjoy yeah. killing people Ooh, yeah. you're bad for doing what the game told you to uh-huh. <laughs> you literally gave me no other like <laughs> right. verb in this game for buying but and don't you feel bad about it sure it's like what are you talking about so you're telling me of... by not playing Ugh. i yeah. am doing the it's, right thing it's like i don't know it's it's a different experience for me um because I haven't played many shooters recently. Um, like, yeah, the last one I played before Apex was probably Doom. And, like, Doom... Doom's good. Doom is really good, but Doom is demons. So I'm like, fuck demons. They shouldn't exist. We should just get to use their hell energy <laughs> to power infinite renewable energy on Earth. Um, so I was Except, basically, oh, but, yeah. I was basically I lo- fine sorry. with that. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, actually, what I love about Doom is that your character is not that that at all. Like, Samuel Hayden in that game is that way. But yeah. then, like, every time he comes on screen, he's like, we need the hell yeah. energy for a renewable resource. And your character just looks him dead in the eye and, like, breaks everything and that like, he's, like, no. spent his life. Hate <laughs> demons. Punch demons. <laughs> Kill Rip and tear, tear the flesh. Rip Taste the flesh. Um, yeah, you're just incredibly obstinate and... I think probably like doom the earth to like a slow death, um, which is pretty great. Uh, but oh yeah, and then uh, you know Apex is like as a battle royale, you're not like gunning people down every three seconds. But no. like Destiny is like, I'll play it for like half an hour, and I'm like, okay, how many dudes have I just killed? Like I've just pumped like hundreds of bullets out. Um, right. And it's a little like, oh man, this is this feels kind of this is like a little weird to me. <laughs> like, because it's it's oh. not even like a shooter where like, oh, there's some you know platforming puzzles or there's like some ex- exploration stuff. It's basically just go to a place, gun a million people down. It's like a Borderlands, basically. Right. And and there's like in Destiny, it's it's. It gets weird when you deal with specifically the characters that you have been talking about, like the Fallen. Actually, like in the lore of that game, if you decide, if you bother to look into the lore of that game at all, the Fallen are basically just like dudes. Like you literally like have a Fallen on your team later on. Spider is like just a talking Fallen. In Destiny One, the warden of that prison was also a Fallen. Uh, Varix, I think his name is. Like so, you there are friendly Fallen who can just like speak English and stuff like that and are just normal. So that always feels super weird to me. But then, like, oh, okay, I'm killing the Hive. The Hive are weird bug monsters, zombies from space hell in the cosmos. Oh, I'm killing the Vex. They're weird, like, uh, robots, so kind of who cares? Oh, I'm killing the Cabal. They're uh, space imperialists, so uh, this Guardian kills fascists, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Imagine now, if you played a game just like Destiny, where you were just gunning down people left and right every 30 seconds except instead of being weird space bugs they were people that the game had named the looters because they looted supplies in a (laughs) post-apocalyptic landscape and wore like hoodies and jackets and like the game was like oh they're looting supplies over there in this like hell in this 
horrible hellscape that's been oh like abandoned by the government uh, and like nobody's allowed in or out of the city. You should go murder them and take their supplies and bring them back to this, where the good people are. Give is, them the supplies. Oh, this is reminiscent of Grand Theft Auto when they were like, kill the Haitians. And oh they had to my change God. it. I hate this. I hate this. Oh, it gets so much worse. Uh, the original, uh, so there are bits and pieces of, like, I, I think Waypoint was the one, was the site that kind of, like, talked about this with the regards to the Division 2, where there was, like, clearly one writer in that writer's room at the Ubisoft who was, like, trying, like, okay, this is so fucked, we have to do something to try and fix this. So, there's, like, a radio, like, a three-dog-type character that is, like, a radio DJ that is kind of explaining things to you, and in the background he will explain, like, oh, hey, just so you know... The, the Rikers, the Rikers gang, that faction is like, you know, 99% of the people who were in Rikers were obviously just there on trumped-up drug charges, and those guys, you know, they got out of the city and they're with us or whatever. The people who joined the Rikers gang are specifically people from the, the like, you know, murder division, or what, I don't know how prisons are, <laughs> I don't know how prisons are structured. Murder ward. I don't know how to prison. The murder ward, yeah. They're like, oh, the, it's the, it's the you know, 1% of the Rikers people who are actually, like, super bad. So, like, there are little, little bits and pieces in there, but then everything in the front-facing part of that story is fucked, because the Rikers, like, the final boss of the Rikers faction in the Division 1 is basically a Black Lives Matter activist who is, like, basically looking you dead in the eye saying, like, kind of telling you Black Lives Matter as you fucking put a bullet in her head at the near the end of that game. This is why we video game. This is why we video games. Wow. I mean... So that's the Division 1. You know, you see Tom Clancy's <laughs> name and you're like, well, I'm definitely in for a kind of a conservative... Um, sort of experience about terrorism and, uh, and and that kind of thing and then you're like you think you're you think you know what you're getting right and then it somehow blows away even your <laughs> your uh-huh. expectations <laughs> yeah yep 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 and Ubisoft has had uh, has had problems with this kind of stuff in the past like Ubisoft, there is very much feels to me that like there are two different Ubisofts there is the Ubisoft that makes games like Assassin's Creed Origins, which is, like, very um, interested in, like, social justice and, like, political justice. Like, the main character of Bayek is, like, kind of, like, he's fueled by sort of anger at the loss of his son, but is, you know, going through that game kind of, like, trying to dismantle a corrupt government and stuff like that that is abusing its power over the people. There's Watch Dogs 2, which has a lot of, like, empathetic warmth to it, I think, like that at a lot of times. I think it drops the ball in a lot of different places, uh, for sure. But overall, feels like it has, like, a, comes from a good place. And then you have the, 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 basically anything with the Tom Clancy's brand on it, which is, like, Ghost Recon Wildlands is very similar, but Ghost Recon Wildlands was a game that was set in Colombia, I want to say, like, real, just Colombia, that had been taken over by, like, a like a super drug lord called like El Blanco or something like that. Like something really just basic like that. And it's like, oh, and they've turned Colombia into a full narco state. So you have to go into Colombia and just shoot everybody because <laughs> they're all bad now. And uh, yeah, and it's, 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 I don't know what to make of this company sometimes. I Like what a bizarre and just absolutely heinous, companies uh, uh, with a lot of their games and like yeah didn't they pull the robot lives matter thing with the uh, watchdog 2 oh no 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 no. that was was, Square uh... Enix IDOS was it okay that was Deus Ex Mankind Divided that's it that's it okay Uh, which is Square Enix or which is IDOS I think which is owned by Square Enix Um, yeah 
that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was at the time that yeah. so many people were doing the shit like that, so it's hard to keep track because like that was right? also around yeah. the time of gross, uh, yeah. uh, the other one, the other robot one. Oh boy. Because uh, that one was <laughs> Og Lives Matter. Og's uh, lives matter yes. too. It was like weirdly uh, lives. And then there was the David Cage one about robots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That also yeah, was yeah, like. Yeah. It's set in Detroit, and like robots are a metaphor. Do oh, you yeah, get it? Yeah, Do you yeah. get it? Yeah. Um, what if what if slavery, but they all look, but they were all robots, so we, they can be white. <laughs> yeah. And what I got from that game, um, and I think what a lot of people I know got from that game is, uh, we don't care about literally anything that happens in this game, but we are just going to write a lot of fan fiction about these two characters, about the robot right. boy and the man, the beard man. And draw yeah. a lot of stuff about them, and not actually pay or pay for or buy the, or like play the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, the played by the old beard man, uh, played by Kip Clancy Brown, who is my canonical actual favorite Clancy. Actually, a very good Clancy. Really? I would say. We're, yeah, Clancy Brown. Um, I'm trying to think, like what he's like uh, uh, the bad guy in the original Highlander and some others. He's in a lot of stuff. He's kind of a, like a celebrated character actor, I would say. Fun guy. Did you know that there's a musician named Tom Clancy? (laughs) Tom Petty? No, Tom Tom Clancy. There's a musician named Tom Clancy. Oh. Oh, Oh, wait, you sure it's not the same one who coded this game? Uh, Who coded, wrote, and Mm. produced this game? He's a polymath. He was secretly (laughs) also a uh, a member of an Irish folk group. Oh, okay. And he appeared with Orson Welles in King Lear. So, yeah, Tom Clancy... What a yeah, life. Did all Getting stuff. around. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, as for the division to uh, the actual new game that just came out, I haven't gotten very far into it yet because it's it's just like, it is, on, on top of just being like, there's not really, hmm. They, so far, it has been bad. Like, in terms of, like, the way that its political stances on different things, like, it has been, like, extremely compromised right from the get-go. Because, like, right now, the only faction, the bad guy faction that I'm fighting right now is called the Hyenas. And the whole intro thing is basically establishing that, like, oh, yeah, when when society collapsed because the dollar flu escaped from New York and fucked up the entire uh, country, uh, there were people that, like, banded together and tried to make society like again like tried to keep things together and then but then there are always people who add nothing who create nothing and like uh what is it they say like uh they give nothing of value and only prey on the weak uh they are hyenas wild animals uh and then they the faction is literally just called the hyenas in the game oh my god Uh, and that's who i've been shooting uh (laughs) can i uh wait sorry you said that these were people who don't produce anything, uh, who... Yeah. It's, it literally says in that same intro where it says, did you own a gun? It's like, they produce nothing of value. Okay, I want to read you uh, a quote. Um, and uh, and can you, if you see if you can guess where it comes from. I think I already have a guess, but I'm going to wait and see. Flying King. <laughs> <laughs> it does come yes. from the Lion King. It is uh, something about the Great Kings. Um, so it is, uh, you know, I'm trying to find a good one. Actually, I didn't actually have it prepared, but 
Okay, so when you see that trading is done, not by consent, but by compulsion, when you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing, when you see that money is flowing to those who deal, not in goods, but in favors, when you see that men get richer by graft and pull than by work, and your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you, when you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming self-sacrifice, you know that your society is doomed. Hmm. Definitely hmm. was Scar from The Lion King. That was Scar, right? Yeah. I was gonna say Whoopi Goldberg, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> as as uh, what's her name, the hyena? Yeah. yeah I do not remember uh, <laughs> some of the hyenas. Uh, z- nope. It's uh, Ed. Ed is one of them. Ed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Cheech Marin. Was he? He's yeah. He's no one idea. of the hyenas. Oh. Uh, that was from uh, Atlas Shrugged. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, a movie you didn't see. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, fam- the famous film, Atlas book. Shrugged. <laughs> they made a movie, right? Yeah. They d- they Tom did. Hanks yeah, or something, wasn't it? What? I hope not. I don't remember. God, I'm probably making Tom. that up. I think they tried to make difficult. a movie, but it like it did really poorly. And then they tried they... to make a sequel or something. Well, because it's like... So I, I knew immediately when you were saying you were going to look for a quote that that's what we were going Sorry, for. Sorry, yeah. But, it was uh, a big build up to something that was ultimately kind of disappointing. Uh, just <laughs> like Atlas Shrugged. Um, yeah, they tried to make a... They made a movie uh, that is like 90% of that book. But then like the, uh, the last 10% of that book is actually just like a really, 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 really long like 50 page speech by one guy about <laughs> yes, nothing Lord. and then the sequel to the movie was supposed to be that fucking speech or something like that and like that company that made the movie fell apart before yeah, the, the there sequel were, that um, came out I think good. <laughs> there were three movies oh my god who was I thinking Aaron Shiverman was in there okay I don't know the, yeah, uh, the first one came out in 2011 um, the second one came out in 2012 um and it suffered one of the worst openings ever among films Ooh. in wide release. And they still um, kept making them. And then the third one was released in 2014. <laughs> it, was the third one just like a new adaptation? Uh, like it's just an altogether no, different product? it's the end of it. What? It takes three books. <laughs> three oh, movies. it has to do that. Also, it uses a completely different cast and crew from the yeah. first two. We, well, oh, no, yeah, not surprising. I was um, just busy playing Bioshock at this time. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, that's when John Galt says that he'll stop the motor of the world. Um, because yeah. someone wants to distribute pay based on need or something. Um, and he doesn't like it. Yeah. So. Yeah, Atlas Shrugged is bad. Uh, the Division is bad. <laughs> the division okay, too. Yeah. outside of the politics, how's the game? How's the running around, the shooting? Yeah, how's the um, shooting feel? Um, it's okay. The weird thing, this is the thing I thought about The Division 1 as well, especially coming off of Destiny, which is a game that I actually really do personally very much love. Uh, you are so locked into, like, the, because it is set in a basically contemporary setting, you are so locked into some weird, like, constraints around what the enemies can do and can't do and what you can do against them and how it ends up feeling. Because, like, you can't just have a big giant ogre that shoots like yeah. laser beams out of its eye, like in Destiny. So the, a lot of the boss fights in Destiny and or in, in the Division rather just end up being like, here's a really big dude with like body armor that takes 900 bullets to kill. So he's just a huge bullet sponge. Bullet sponge, black. Um, and you have to just deal with that. 
which the shooting itself is kind of fun, but like because of the like because of like how constrained the the combat encounters end up becoming around that stuff, like it gets to be very very samey very very quickly. But also the game has like very like old Ubisoft problems, like problems that I feel like other Ubisoft games have solved in more recent years. Which is that it's just like sensory overload. I forget. I think Arthur Gies had like a really great way of phrasing this once back when like Assassin's Creed Unity came back up back in the day, which is just like I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like just like uh, icon vomit, where it's like mm. just just like you look at the map and it's just like here's 800 different kinds of icons yep. and you don't know what any of them do. Uh, and the game never tells you what, so just go there, and it's like, oh, you climb a tower, oh, you shoot something, oh, you pick something up, oh, you open a chest, oh, you do whatever. And it's just, it's that. It's, it's, I don't even think I have, like, an, like, a primary objective right now. It just literally knocked me out of, like, what passes for the tutorial where I save a kidnapped girl from the hyenas and then said, uh, okay, go to this zone. I think my story objective right now is literally go to this zone and collect ten of the collectibles shoot 50 of the bad guys uh you know uh complete one of the weir of the strikes or whatever it's like literally just like the story objectives are just the checklists that exist oftentimes off to the sides in ubisoft games which i also feel like is another very ghost recon wildlandy thing ghost recon wildlands kind of went for this thing where it was kind of shooting for the mercenaries playground of destruction uh setup where just hey go here there are a certain number of bad guys in the world get around move around do what you want tackle them in any order and that was kind of fun back in the day because that was the entire game but this is like this is like here's 37 different things that you can, that we need you to do uh and you can and like it's all just building up to you getting to the level cap i guess i don't actually know it's mm. so weird Be i i don't feel like this is feel so far this year has felt like a year for bad tutorials in games. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like Apex Legends and Anthem also kind of suffer from this problem in different ways, which is that it's just like in in Anthem it's it ends up becoming like well they it that game clearly came out way too early and they didn't have I don't think like I think there were major oversights. I think it's clear now that there were major oversights all throughout Anthem, and so that's why it doesn't explain to you how combos work. With Apex Legends, it was like, well, they they rushed that game out the door very quickly, but it's such a simple game, and there's just, you know, it is such a, like, a well-established genre at this point that you know exactly what you're going to do. And then in D The Division, it's like, well, the main complaint we got from the first game was that there wasn't enough stuff to do, so we're just going to give you all the stuff to do, but not explain what... Which of it is important? Which of it you should do first? What order you want to do it? Like, what mods do you want? Like, it just, just, we'll give you everything, but give you no direction to go through it. Which is just, it's too much. It's sensory overload at the highest level in a way I haven't seen in a game in a long time, actually. That sounds like a huge turnoff for me. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, it kind of is for me, too. Uh, on the plus side, I did figure out that Tom Hanks was in Cloud Atlas, not Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar movies, actually, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the sacrifice. Oh, yeah, I'm going to continue to sacrifice myself at this altar because I've got guides to write, <laughs> so don't you worry. There will probably be more Division 2 talk as the weeks progress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it'll, it'll improve. Like, apparently, the Division, the Division 1 got way better as time went yes. on, so maybe yeah. that'll happen here. I mean, even the story in the Division 1 got to an... Not uh, you. You can't walk back from murdering a black right, black lives matter activist in that game. But 
they by the end of the division one the big reveal is that the actual real bad guys are a mixture of the weird pseudo military secret service uh thing that you work for actually has like bad guys in it and then the other main faction the, the final boss of the original campaign turned out to be like when Manhattan got infected, all the rich people called in a like a, a PMC, like a mercenary group, to come save them. But then when the mercenary group got there, they were like, well, hell, Manhattan is closed off. The government isn't here to tell us what we can and can't do. We're going to just take over this, like, take over Manhattan and turn it into our own, like, micro-country. Oh, like fuck- Muppets. Muppets take Manhattan. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> like when the Muppets yeah. mm-hmm. started a paramilitary organization yeah. and uh-huh. took over New York. Yeah. yeah. An- Animal guns. wasn't his name. It was his call sign. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say the Doom movie. Anyway. Uh, that's a tangent <laughs> I won't go into. Uh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Division. It's... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Like, who knows? Like, this might go because the the game hasn't has not done enough to actually explain. I think the, the Division One kind of suffered too much, like from being trying to be trying to explain too much of itself, trying to explain like give all these different factions, evil factions, backstories that it didn't clearly not understand like the political ramifications of what it was saying, or it did and didn't realize how bad it was, like how much they were trying to walk a certain like edge and try to be edgy and went way off the deep end uh, into a different completely instead of being provocative just became completely like politically like uh ridiculous um whereas this game so far is like the hyenas the hyenas are just like they're bad guys it doesn't you know it's not saying they're from a specific prison or they have this specific worldview or whatever it's just like no they're just bad guys in the post-apocalypse and now we're so far removed from like the post-apocalypse has happened in or the apocalypse has happened in the division universe like five ten years ago now so like there's enough distance there where you can kind of walk away from a little bit of that stuff uh but it's still not great oh yeah what uh has everybody else been playing uh old games i've been i kicked up uh mario kart 8 on my switch it was on oh, no. sale. Yeah, yeah so like, it was on I, sale. I had it on Wii U already, but like, hey, I might as well get it again. I can play right. with friends. It's a fun so Mario Kart. That. Yeah, I um, you know, it's one of those things where you always knew the computer cheated, and you remembered the computer cheated, but then when you play it again, you're like, oh my god, the computer cheats so hard. Can I tell you something? <laughs> What's that? Um, so I've only beaten. I, I haven't even tried 150 or 200 because, like, fuck, fuck that, fuck trying to beat like high level <laughs> Mario Kart CPUs, um, but. I'm pretty Fair. sure that if you don't go at the beginning and you let everyone get pretty far ahead of you, um, their AI like compensates for that so that they'll be going slower for the rest of the race. And you can get like a pretty good distance on them. I, I'm pretty sure I read that uh, somewhere. I might just have be totally wrong or may have misinterpreted it, but I, I've tried doing that, like deliberately oh. just like waiting at the start line for like, 15 seconds and then i can usually just like blow past everyone by the end of the race interesting because yeah after wii u i played 200 cc on there i gave up after there was one point where i was using a mushroom to speed boost as you do in mario kart games and donkey kong just drove right by me without any power-ups at all (laughs) and i'm like no this is not a thing i'm going to partake in anymore it is very frustrating yeah Yeah. well then the other game i've been playing was ea had 
Sims 4 for $5. And so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, sure, I'll boot up this game. I lost a lot of time to Sims 1 and 2, and I can lose a little bit of time here. I've already started a Mechanon uh, Belagoth, and I think she's going to move in soon. <laughs> oh, what's a, a, sorry, a Belagoth? Oh, if you don't know the Sims lore, Belagoth was part of the Goth family in Sims 1. And she's the Goth family has been in every version. Well, Bella oh. Goth is usually the first person that most people end up romancing somehow. So you always steal her away from her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so like she's married in the Oh Sims yeah, Sims, Sims players understand. <laughs> All right. Only Sims yep. players will understand this one. Yep. Oh my gosh. So yeah, she was the first person I started macking on and huh. it's working. <laughs> okay. But I do I do like um I ignored Sims 3 for the most part, and for the most part, Sims 4 up until now. Uh, but this one, you know, got the cool graphics upgrades. But things have changed since Sims 1 came out, and when I was playing it in high school. And now, like, instead of needing a phone in your in your house or whatever, you just have a cell phone always on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's other things like that. They've made a little bit of advancements that have, like, really made the game feel a little better. And so I appreciate that. I'm sure there's a lot more in depth. I have not touched a single expansion in this one yet, but I was hey. going to ask because that seems to me like probably why they put it on sale is because that there was like six thousand dollars worth of like stuff mm-hmm. packs or whatever they're called now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good estimate on price too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. Okay, cool. Oh, besides yeah. Overwatch, right? Which, yeah, for people who don't remember or don't know, uh, Sabriel uh, writes about Overwatch for a living. I don't think oh, we actually mentioned lot. that at the top. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Merritt, how about you? Really just Destiny 2. I'm just really, really? trying okay. to grind out that Forsaken campaign so I can mm-hmm. get to that level cap and then actually be like playing the new stuff with yeah. uh, with the cool Drifter Man who seems, who seems very cool and trustworthy. And uh, not at all like a, a jackass. Like uh, uh-huh. he's a rogue light bearer. So I'm just gonna. I don't know anything about him. So so does that mean he was like blessed by the orb? But he's like, I'm not a guardian. I'm my own thing. That's almost literally what that. Okay, means, so yeah. do you know what that, he, what, that what that that means is that he is uh, Matrix from Reboot. Oh my god. Uh, wow. who, who was inducted into the Guardians, but then was like, I'm not a Guardian, and then traveled around with his hot uh, fish, GF, and um, <laughs> until he finally learned what responsibility was. You're absolutely right. That's not a pull that I expected on this or any other Even kind of look similar, kind of same facial hair. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, but he wants me to, like, do gambling, and I think pretty sure the orb says that gambling is a sin so right um, yeah and he wants me to shoot my friends who are also guardians and i'm like i don't That's think fine. we do that you're I- all immortal like they're literally in the lore of that game there's the crucible the multiplayer mode is people is them murdering each other because they're all immortal so they can always just get brought back up so they can use it as they can kill each other for training i so see it's fine. i guess that doesn't make sense yeah um yeah, Destiny. I need to. I need to not think too much about the lore. I am interested. Like I've been having fun playing it. It's really pretty. Like it looks yeah. pretty. Um, it definitely looks like a Halo, which I'm basically fine <laughs> with. Um, my dude is like a weird robot with no eyes. Um, nice. It's a space wizard robot with no eyes and like a hole blown in his head, which I thought was like a nice touch. Um, 
It, so it, it fits all the halos. It has um, hoverbike, uh, orb, um, laser, shield, uh, and sword. I got a sword. So it, it has all five of the things that you need for Halo, which uh, is fine. Um, and I've been having fun with it, but like the lore, I need to think not, not think too much about because I'm like, wait mm-hmm. a second. There's a bunch of guardians, but then everyone in their own instance was like the one that saved the world, but then yeah. other guardians canonically exist. But then, uh, then when I log so, onto us, when I go to a world, who are the other people there? Like surely that's not everyone playing because it seems like way too few. Are there multiple instances of, and that's yes. also a tech question and not just like a lore question. Right. The lore of Destiny is actually, like, super interesting, but it was, like, so badly, like, implemented into the original game with what, like, I don't know if you even know that these exist, Merit, because they're, but they're such a meme now, but, like, grimoire cards Mm. were, like, the thing in Destiny 1, where you literally, it was, most of the lore in that first game was told in text logs, but you couldn't even read the text logs in-game. You unlocked them in-game. And you had to read them on a website, website. right? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I do remember that. It was a nightmare. Uh Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which they did. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. Just angry at video games. Oh, okay. <laughs> Normal day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Destiny 2 did away with that whole concept, which I definitely appreciate. The lore stuff is more, is just readable in game now. Um, and there is some like super interesting stuff in there. Cause it, it's just like really well written a lot of the times. It's like yeah. a, a lot of weird, dark poetry. Well, yeah. And I feel, I feel like weird about, about some of it because I'm like, someone wrote all this and like some of the right. snippets are like really good writing. And then I'm like, how many people mm-hmm. will ever read this? Right. It's so unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why lore explainers exist, right? That's like people like go into that, into those minds, into the content minds and put it all together in a way that people can actually experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's completely devoid of all the artistry of like the, the prose, which is actually such a, a huge bummer because <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, but that's um, that's most of what I've been playing. Um, what else? I think that's basically it. I mean, some yeah. Apex. We're still streaming Apex. A little bit. Um, we didn't stream any this morning because we had a complete shit show. Right. We're still doing our Wednesday stream. Uh, yep. We had Pat Gill on last week, which was real fun. Um, By the time people are hearing this episode, actually, we might have already done our next stream. So I don't know if you want to mention that's that. That's true. Yeah, we had um, Dolly Lee uh, on. We had her on tomorrow in the past. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And It's uh, just like Destiny. It's like the Vex. Like time is just, what even is time, right? Are they <laughs> the time-traveling robots? Yes. Okay. Yes, they are. Um, they, which they're you like told the main me bad don't guy matter. in Destiny 1. They kind of don't. No. No, they don't. Okay. Cool. <laughs> They're like the main bad guys in Destiny 1, but the big... But Destiny 1... Like, in base Destiny 1, but the Destiny 1 story is so, like, nothing that, like, they basically just got relegated to the side in, like, such a huge way. I see. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been playing that. I was just... You know, I, I play Pokemon Showdown, like, every day because I can just mm-hmm. play a match in, like, five minutes, and um, I still do that. And... Um, yeah, that's about it. I just really want to get through uh, through Destiny so I can play with all the real gamers. 
Well, do you want to know at all about the things that you can look forward to in the future? Because I have also been playing a little bit of the new stuff in Destiny. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, well, the Drifter Man, the totally trustworthy boy who is never going to betray you or anyone else and has never betrayed anyone in his entire life, just like Char Aznable. Uh-huh. Uh, Char, truly the Char Aznable of Destiny, the Drifter. Um, he has a new mode called Gambit Prime, which is like a modified version of Gambit, which is the mode from uh, Forsaken that everybody really likes. Uh, it's the PvPVE, I think is how they phrase it, which is a dumb name, but whatever. <laughs> That's the world we live in now. Um, and it's basically a mode where it's like kind of a it's kind of a match-based horde mode where it's like two teams are like competing to kill the most waves of enemies and like bank their little souls into a big giant um, canister uh, as quickly as possible, and then whoever banks them quickly the, the quickest uh, summons a big giant boss at the end. Um, and Gambit Prime was uh, like a two, best of three mode, or still is. It's still in the game, and you can play it. Uh, but now Gambit, now the new big thing is Gambit Prime is like a one round thing where it's like, it's just immediate sudden death, like, uh, winner take all kind of mode, uh, that then, I think actually kind of fixes a lot of the problems I had with Gambit, uh, for a long time, which is that, like, Gambit is, like, very cool, but because it was, uh, two out of three, it was very long, mm -hmm. too. It, it was such an investment, uh, it felt like for a multiplayer mode like that. <clears throat> Um, and so it, it definitely raises the stakes and it heightens that stuff. I'm slightly confused about, like, what I'm supposed to be getting out of it at this point. Because um, Destiny, the whole thing is that, like, usually the loop in Destiny is that you play the thing, you uh, go through all the weekly stuff, you raise your light level, which is like your, or your power level now in Destiny 2 is what it's called, which is your gear score. And then you take that to go fight the raid. There is no raid in these most recent expansions. Ah, uh, no, the last one did have like a little micro raid that was like two. That's like two hours long. Normally, raids are in Destiny are like seven hours long or six hours long or something like that, depending on how good you, could how good you are. Blah. And um, this one so far doesn't really seem like the, it. So the loop seems to be that you're supposed to play Gambit. Gambit gives you coins that you can then put into playing like a different. Uh, purely pve mode uh that's kind of like this timed gauntlet of killing enemies really really fast and then that gives you be better gear for gambit that then lets you play more gambit or that then lets you go back into uh the reckoning but the gear is specifically designed for gambit prime so it, like all it has a bunch of perks that don't work outside of gambit prime so if like gambit prime is the reason to get into the pve thing then like what am i working towards here exactly i don't know uh, so, is, how exciting does that sound to you, Merritt, to get finally get to that stuff? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like, I'm not... I mean, I guess I could do a competitive horde mode. Like, I guess that could be fun. Um, yeah. Because then I'm not like, oh, someone just killed me. I'm mad at them. It's more like, right. oh, someone killed monsters better than I did. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm just, uh, trying to, trying to get there and we'll see how I feel. Probably by the time I get there, I don't know, they'll have announced something else, but, um. Right. Well, there's one more piece of announced content that's coming after this and it's set in the same location as the like raid from base destiny. Mm -hmm. So it's presumably going to be like more of a traditional kind of thing like that, or at least like, hopefully, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from it exactly. They haven't really given any details about it at this point. Hmm. Um, 
But that but that stuff is actually very cool. Like uh, that that stuff actually kind of ends up being the thing that I'm more excited about now than the season of the Drifter stuff is what it's called. Season of Opulence is the name of the next expansion. Uh, because it's all set on this, on, like, space Caligula. So, of the Battletoads, one of the factions is basically the old emperor of the, of the space <laughs> Battletoads, um, called Callus, and he's, like, this, when you first get to him, he's the final boss of the ra- original raid in Destiny 2, and he lives in this flying spaceship called the, the Leviathan, that is a, literally a spaceship that flies through, uh, the stars, going from planet to planet, like, sucking up their resources and, like, grinding it down into wine and, like, weird food. <laughs> and, like what? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And, like, like grinds down, yeah, grinds down planets into this stuff. And when you finally meet him in the, fi- or in the first raid of Destiny 2, he's just this massive Battletoad guy sitting on a huge throne at the head of, like, a giant throne room full of, like, uh, gold and treasures and stuff, and he's just holding a massive, like, wine goblet in one hand, and you start the fight by shooting the wine goblet out of his hand, and it makes him so mad that he gets up and starts attacking you. Oh, <laughs> my God. And he's still uh, alive? And the, yeah, so, spoilers for the end of that of that fight in Destiny 2, uh, it, you fight him, and then about halfway through the fight, his skin comes off, and it turns out he's, like, a Terminator? He's, like, a robot? <laughs> And starts shooting like eye beams Video at games you. Video like, are good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, so you you beat him, and then when you get to, like, and then he says, then he's dead supposedly, and then his voice comes over the intercom and is like, "Well done! Like this was very entertaining." <laughs> and he lets you he lets you into a giant room, like a massive room that's like the size of like a city that is just filled with millions of his robot bodies, like, waiting in the wings to be killed again by more guardians. Oh, and he's oh just my. like, all right, have some treasure. Like, come back next time and kill another of my robots. I enjoy watching you do this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's really good. That's I love great. that stuff. And now Destiny 2, uh, or, or the next expansion in this, is supposed to be set back on that location on his big, weird, like, floating golden yacht in space. Uh, and I'm really excited for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, Destiny's, Destiny's cool. I'm excited to see you play more of it. I'm excited to see you actually, like, get into the stuff that really requires a lot of, like, teamwork and, and mm-hmm, like, coordination, mm-hmm. which I think is the most interesting stuff in that game, like, the raids and whatnot, where you have to, like, really be thinking and communicating what you plan on doing at any given moment. Like, that yeah. is very frustrating at times, but also, like, the most interesting stuff in Destiny, for sure. It's mm-hmm. unlike anything else I have ever played in a shooter mm-hmm. when it gets to that point. So, yeah. I think that's all the video games that have ever happened. Speaking of shooters, some news came out today about Halo. Oh yeah, there's some. There was some news about another Bungie-developed franchise, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, uh, Halo: The Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. This is and, a series uh, I've entirely skipped because I've never had a, an Xbox. At the time, they were po- these games were popular. Right. I was just gonna ask. Like, yeah, you you said you played like a little bit of. Halo 1, right? Yeah, I used to go to a friend's place and we'd play, like, I don't know, bootleg multiplayer? I don't know how he did it, but he always hooked it up to his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh, my uh, series Halo. with Halo. Halo 1 was on PC, so that's definitely possible. Like Gear- Actually, Gearbox, uh, creators of uh, Borderlands, made the PC version of that. That was, like, their big claim to fame originally, I think. Oh, this was on console. I don't know how he did it. He always hooked up his console to his, his laptop, and then we'd play bootleg multiplayer somehow. I don't know. Oh, Okay, weird. Uh, Merritt, have you played a lot of the Halos? You said you kind of implied that you did. Yeah, I've played a few Halos in my time. Mm, okay. I um, mm-hmm. 
yeah it, well i never had an, an x no i did have an xbox what am i talking about um i uh played the first one mostly at like um friends places because they had xboxes and um so i never really saw the whole thing uh and then when halo 2 came out i sold uh, my two consoles which were my um my Dreamcast and my GameCube and all of my collections for both of those to buy an Xbox and Halo 2, uh, which is a decision that I regret to this day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to oh. say. Although I will Never say. Never sell old games. I will say. Halo, I mean, I was in high school. I didn't really have, like, money. But uh, Halo 2, right. I did get a lot out of that game. Um, a fr- okay. friend and yeah. I played it, uh, like, a lot online. And we ended up getting like that's probably the FPS that I've been best at in my life. Um, I was like pretty good at Halo too. And then nice. I think three, maybe I played it on like a later roommate's Xbox. And um, what, wait, what was four? Four is the first three four three Industries one on. Is that and Xbox three sixty? That's the one where it's like they're turning people into computer programs or something i think so they never really super well explained this is the other thing like you want to talk about games that have their lore and other stuff if you want to understand anything that's going on in halo you need to have read seven books yeah um so i i also i played one that came with an xbox 360 when i bought it which was the one that everyone hated i think uh i think i think for i think that was made that might have been four because no. i think four was on 360 no 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 it was uh the one where you die at the end spoilers oh people do oh reach that's reach yeah i don't know if people don't like that one or or what but i like it was fine it was a halo well, that was actually one of also part and parcel with this announcement that they made today, which is that Reach is finally getting added to the Master Chief Collection. Oh, um, cool! Which uh, I I hate Reach is probably my favorite Halo ever. Uh, personally, that's the one that's a prequel. Basically, it's a set yeah yeah on the on Reach the planet uh, that gets destroyed. Yes. Um, um. So that is my experience with the Halos. Uh, okay. I guess how many are there? There's is is there a fifth one yet or no? Yeah, there's five. There's and then the next one is not called Halo Six. It's not the next entry in this, in the Reclaimer trilogy. I think is what they're calling it. Because there's like, the the three four three games have their own trilogy name, and I think it's called the Reclaimer trilogy. And the next Halo is there's Halo Five, but the next Halo is not Halo Six. It is Halo Infinite, which they have not really said what that is exactly, but it's kind of been implied that it's maybe going to be more Destiny like. Sure. It's maybe going to be more of a more of a like an always online loot shooter, play with your friends, something kind of thing. They have not really given a lot of information. I would be shocked if we didn't hear more about that at uh, this year's E3. In fact, yeah. Um, Microsoft doesn't seem like they have a lot else in the hopper right now. They have like a lot of they've just bought like a ton of different studios, but presum- like the, a lot of those studios have also just put out games very recently. So presumably mm-hmm. those are a while off before we see anything from like. The, from uh, 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 people who made Pillars of Eternity, Obsidian, uh, and, and developers like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, Halo Reach I actually ended up really liking. Uh, it was a, definitely a big college game for me. That was the one where they had uh, where they added like daily and weekly challenges and stuff like that. And you could unlock cosmetics and things, and that was a big deal for me at the time because it was just something I could play almost well infinitely. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
so that's exciting news. I think I think that's exciting that they're doing that, like putting that into uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, and putting it on PC and stuff like that. It's very interesting to me. I think I think it was Julie Muncy uh, posted about this on Twitter that it's actually very interesting that so much of the work that three four three has been doing with the Halo franchise right now has but mostly just been to archive uh, and make sure that like a certain that that whole series has been available across the course of like three different generations of console hardware now. I want to say. Uh, so that's very interesting, because like, huh. that is not something that a lot of uh, video game developers and publishers tend to focus on very much. Right. Yeah. Or if they do, it's very mercenary in the sense that it's like, wait, we put out, <laughs> it's we're Nintendo, buy Super Mario Brothers three for a seventh time, please. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Apparently, the last DLC so. for Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out today, or recently. Yeah, there was also that. There was definitely that. And there was that. Yep. That, yep. That, I, yep. I, I was skimming through the storyline. I don't want to do spoilers. Like, yep, this is just... Once I actually get to Odyssey, which I plan to play, uh, this is just an alternate universe bad fan fiction. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, make my character straight for a moment. And then... Uh, or bye. And then have kid. And then, yeah, I won't do the spoiler rest for the rest of it. Yeah, Sabriel and I have had a lot of conversations about this uh, before, the, the the Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC being the, the DLC that forces your female character to get pregnant and... Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh no. you didn't know about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the game oh, yeah. was uh, all about... Well, did the short version. The game was all about choice. You get to romance whoever you want. We're not going to change that. You got it. Have fun. Lesbian you can be the up pansexual, yeah. the pansexual Greek love goddess or god that you want. It's all up to you. But if you play the DLC, you're forced to uh, tell the rest of our story and make sure your character is forced into the pantheon of Assassin's Creeds. And, uh, right. Yes. <laughs> and you just, your character decides without your input that they're going to have a kid. Yeah. That they're, they're going to shack up with some dude who shows up earlier on in the main story, and then they have to get pregnant to, to, to secure the bloodline, as it were, is what they say. I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, which makes no sense even within the fiction of Assassin's Creed. Like, the Assassin's Creed fiction used to be that, like, the characters had to have bloodlines, they had to have kids to uh, continue the story because the way that you were experiencing the memories or experiencing the memories was by reaching into your DNA yeah. and seeing what your ancestors were up to. Right. But they have since, in the last, like, like three games ago, they ha- <laughs> like they did away with that whole restriction on all of this, and now you can just look at memories from anybody. In that uh, universe, uh, like like the character that you are playing as in the modern day in the Assassin's Creed games, like Layla Hassan, is not related to these characters. <laughs> She's just using the machine. It's very strange. It's another very Ubisoft move, we might say. A very short-sighted, maybe like uh, not very intelligent uh, move from the company, I would say, in their storytelling division. Weird. Bad alternate universe fanfic, fanfic of my character. Fan, bad alternate universe fanfic. You're right. Uh, aren't they all, though? All the fanfics? No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very emphatic no. Jeez. There are coffee shop AUs that need to be told. Yeah. True. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I got nothing against that. 
<sighs> yeah, um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of other video gamey stuff. Like, those are stories for sure, but, like, I don't think a lot of other stuff really came out. The played a little bit, I beat Devil May Cry 5, uh, which I talked about last week and ended up coming away from it much more positive than I think uh, my last impression of the game was. I think I had, on episode, on the previous episode, had just finished up... Or no, I had just gotten to Dante's stuff in that game, and once you get to Dante, that game really opens up in a way that is exactly what I wanted, uh, and ends very, very strong. So, uh, just to, I guess, correct my uh, problems with the game from last week, I think it actually does uh, wrap up in a good way. Cool. Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, the, the, so I th as far as uh, non-video game stuff, I think we basically brought, Sabra, we brought you on specifically to talk about Captain Marvel, and we haven't even mentioned that that's a movie we saw <laughs> this entire time, and we're almost done with this podcast. Well, I we figured were, that was recording. intentional. We we're going to get to it. Yeah, you guys have 10 minutes, and while you're doing that, I'm just going to like sit and take notes, because after watching Ant-Man 2, um, I made a solemn vow to never see another Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Um, I saw Into the Spider-Verse, but that doesn't count because it's not one of those. It's not MCU. Um, no. mm -hmm. So I it, will never see another one again. Um, Merritt, yeah. I, I, do, I do need to... You want to know you, why. I do need you to extrapolate. Yes, You yes, need yes. to know why. Yes. I really enjoyed that movie. I really enjoyed um, the Ant-Man and his friends and all the fun stuff that happened. And I was like, hey, Marvel, this is cool. You're doing like a superhero movie, but it's kind of just like a weird, dumb heist movie, sort of, or like a, a crime movie. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's fun. And um, then there was the, the post-credits scene. Mm -hmm. Right, In, in which yes. um, they just reminded me that Infinity War existed. And uh, by having all the characters turn into dust... And I was just like, you've erased all of the goodwill that you've built up over the last two hours. It was like when Black Panther reminded me that Bucky existed at the end of that movie after the credits. And I was like, no, this far and no further, because I just want fun movies. I don't want them to be tied into some fucking like canon thing. And that was that was it for me. That was the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. That is a bummer. Well, is it? Because everyone else sees these movies, so they can just tell me what they're about. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to read the lore explainer. It's read the, the lore cards. Bible. <laughs> yeah, I I can definitely agree with that. Like, I can definitely see your position on that. I, uh, am a big fan of the Marvel comics themselves, so, like, convoluted bullshit nonsense, uh, universes and stuff like that is totally fine with me and up my alley. I just don't like Infinity War very much, so I can definitely see that undercutting a movie that you liked, uh, having it connected to that, just because I don't think that other movie is very good. Sabriel, what do you yeah. think about Marvel movies? Oh my god, I was just thinking like, uh, Infinity War is the same way with me. It's fine. That's been yeah. my motto for 2019 and 2018, it seems like. It's fine. I yeah. I was very much meh on Civil War. I was like, oh, we have to watch two men fighting and not talking about their feelings. <laughs> and then we get to uh, Infinity War, and I was like, well, no, like, most people are coming, are coming back. So I just like, I couldn't get invested, I couldn't be very sad about what happened because i was right. like okay well it's only half the movie all right we're getting the rest and now like when we saw commercials for uh what's the end game uh end game, yeah. i was just like 
nothing about these got me excited about the movie. I'm going to go see it because I want to see how it ends. I've been with the right. MCU since Iron Man. And uh, I'm just like, uh, yeah, but I'm like, eh. Yeah. I'm cool. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I don't hate it. I just it's totally. Fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very much come from the position of like I uh, think that the way that I was very much bummed out by that movie's like attempt to like uh, try and make Thanos a sympathetic villain in this weird way, like in a way that doesn't I don't think actually work none. or make sense. Oh, that's, yeah, no sympathy. That's another thing that makes sense, no sense to me. Space is really, really big. Uh-huh. The whole plot, the whole plot <laughs> makes no sense to me at all. Whenever yeah, you think that... like you know the size of space, you're not even close. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's like Thanos' whole motivation in that. So, but also, he's like looking for magic powers. He wants to like basically get the fucking Aladdin lamp to make a wish, and his wish is like, I'm going to reduce the population of the universe by fifty percent. Why not just add double the resources Guys, or make it so people don't need really to eat? Doing Infinity War takes in no, twenty nineteen. You're Still, <sighs> right? That's how but, I felt. But, no, but time, yeah, no, times. I know. It's been, it's, it was such a wound for all of us that I think we all still feel this way. And I didn't even right. see it, and I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to talk about anything. It's hard to talk about Captain Marvel. It's hard to talk about anything else in this stuff without talking about, like, the stuff that is all feeding back into at the end. Like, that's kind of the blessing and the curse that they have given themselves by structuring the movies this way, right? Yeah, because because everything we see in in watching Captain Marvel here is how is this going to tie into what right. we know happened at the end of Infinity War with the super pager, right? Where they merit if you didn't see the movie, it, it, the post credits thing in Infinity War is that um, Nick Fury uses a weird like super pager, like a beeper, to uh, call for Captain Marvel at the end of that movie. I see. Um, and then <laughs> Captain Marvel is basically like a two hour movie explaining how we get. Uh, that beeper into Nick Fury's hands. Yeah, I mean, it's an origin story for Nick Fury more than it seems to be for Captain Marvel. Right. It's... I, I talked about this in my review a little bit because it's like they're, they're trying something very different with, like, her origin story, which I really actually liked, uh, which is that it's like an... In, it's... You, you look at, like, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and it's, like, very much, well, we can't tell the origin story of another character that has already had their origin story relitigated 37 times. We have to just start... With, and skip it. But also, most people don't who know who Captain Marvel is from the comics. They don't know... They probably don't even know who, like, you know, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel is, even though she's been around for a million years. Uh, so they need to do something. They need to, like, have that character have uh, an explanation. But they also know that they can't just do another origin story now, this late in the game. Uh, so they do this weird kind of in-media res thing where the whole basic premise... Spoilers for Captain Marvel, by the way. The whole basic premise of the movie is that she doesn't have her memories past six years ago and she's like fighting in this alien space force or whatever and the space force like is telling her hey it's fine like you you're one of us we'll you know we'll keep you around or whatever and of course it turns out that she's actually from earth she's not an alien and you know things kind of pop off from there uh so but what we end up getting is a movie that like where she's already got her powers and she's already doing a bunch of super heroic stuff and already kind of knows what's going on but also we need to like learn about who she is via flashback and via like different revelations produced by different characters and stuff like that because again the audiences probably don't know who captain marvel is at the end of the day sure yeah that was me for the most part until like, right. yeah yeah, I, I liked it. They cut into her origin story partway through it already, and here we go. It's the 90s. Here's your playlist, Sabriel, that you listen to all the time. And here's a very young uh, Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Coulson, which I loved. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a, and it's a good movie. It's it it uh, the stuff with like the '90s throwback nostalgia type stuff. Like I think is gets a little bit cloying. I think they put lean on it just a tiny bit too much at, at times. Uh, the music I think is like really really fun and smart, but like she literally like lands into a blockbuster at the beginning of the movie, and then it's like she's wearing a nine inch nails shirt later on. Um, it, and you know the fight scene where she's at the end where she's fighting with two. I'm just a girl, by no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Yep, uh, that starts playing. There's uh uh, I think there's like a travel montage with like I'm only happy when it rains starts playing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. There's a, there's a million little moments like that, but like I actually think the movie works better when it kind of doesn't lean on those super obvious '90s things, and it's just like more just like the way the movie is shot. Like the lighting is bright and just obvious in a way that I feel like action movies of the mid '90s were. And like, sorry, were you gonna say something? Oh, just plus it's a Marvel movie that's bright and shiny instead of all right dour and mad, and we have dark colors because we're all sad. <laughs> right which which like all the best marvel movies now do that right like uh thor ragnarok is super bright and colorful uh-huh. but it's ve- in a very different way because it's on an alien planet so it's like very neon but this is just like this is just looks like a well-lit movie and it's so weird to see because nobody does that anymore <laughs> like it's everything has to be like in these kind of like yeah the in like dark hallways and stuff like that and like even though, I think towards the end of the movie, they kind of get to that point where it's like, okay, this is on a yeah. dark spaceship and whatnot. But is that uh, like a really a real way to hide some of the special effects, if I recall correctly? I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure that's part of it. Or, you know, and a lot of that stuff like starts that way and then over time just becomes like part of the movie making language, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool movie. It's, it's different. It's definitely not like, I like that Carol, uh, Captain Marvel is not... Um, funny in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch and everybody else is funny in the Marvel Universe now. She's funny in a very different way. It's like this very dry, kind of um, disconnected humor that actually feels very appropriate to the character who doesn't really understand where she's from or anything like that. So she's kind of keeping her distance while also just like trying to connect with people on this fundamental level, which ends up working with Nick, the Nick Fury stuff, I think quite a lot because they also let Sam Jackson do something other than scowl in one of these movies. Oh my God. His reaction to the cat uh, is adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, you know, there's a whole, like, 30-second bit about Sam Jackson just talking about how much he fucking loves cats. And, like, oh, it's like, I'm going to be back for you later. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the cutest kitty? Who's the cutest? Hearing Nick Fury talk like that and all his uh-huh. It's like, like, he sings at one point in this movie. Just a little bitty, like, tiny bit. But there's, like, scenes of them, like, doing dishes together. And, like, there's a lot of, like, character stuff in here that feels... But, but it's character stuff and not in the way that, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is just character stuff, where it's like, well, we have to have character beats. It's character stuff in the way that, like, oh, these, these people are people, because and they're on Earth, and they're doing things that people on Earth do sometimes. And sometimes that ends up, like, feeling... I definitely feel that there is a... Uh, imbalance in who gets those scenes and who does not get those scenes like you mentioned sabriel like this is more of a nick fury origin story movie mm-hmm. than an origin story for her i also think that like the uh the the two central uh black women in the movie uh monica and maria rambeau and i mentioned this in my review as well kind of get short shrift uh because they are in the comics uh maria or, or uh, monica rambeau is is captain marvel long before carol is uh, she was like the leader of the Avengers and stuff like that. But then in this movie, which is going to be the, basically the canonical version of that character to a lot of people, 
like she's like a kid and is inspired by Carol and whatnot. And it just feels a little bit squishy to me in a movie that already had a lot of kind of heat around it for being like very much that white feminism, the movie kind of thing of like, oh, the U.S. Air Force is going to put a uh, ad in front of this movie to show about how badass women can be if they just shoot a bunch of missiles at people. <laughs> and... In an era of the 90s when women weren't allowed to do such combat issues. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and the movie touches on that stuff too, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah they, um, they're literally not allowed to go into combat missions, so, you know, in when Carol is in the Air Force and she ends up, like, doing test flights because that's all she's allowed to do to fly and stuff like that. And also, the, I actually think the movie ends up in a good place where... I think it's almost kind of very funny that this is the movie that the U.S. Air Force, that the U.S. military advertised in front of, when what the actual, like, ultimate message of the movie is about war and who it, and the cost against people and who it affects, uh, ends up being, it's, it's breezy, because it's a Marvel movie, it's breezy, but it's still pretty, it's thinly veiled metaphors for, like, the war on terror and stuff like that, and, like, I mean, the the bad guys in this movie are Space America <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you end up finding out, again, once again, spoilers, that, like, they are basically using, like, propaganda saying that a certain, like, race is all terrorists or whatever so that they can uh, perpetuate uh, an illegal galactic war of expansion <laughs> against, like, peaceful people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like, I think the movie uh, also, much like... Um, God, I for uh, much like definitely cry ends in a good place, but uh, has some hiccups getting the getting there at the end. We didn't even get a chance to talk about what we haven't talked about yet. Anyway, uh, Danvers and Rambo, the queer community has latched onto this as if it's a a thing, a ship. Uh, and gosh, you know, like, reading that, like I didn't get that sense at all from the movie. I didn't get. It I'm at like all either. superhero gay, and like I didn't get that feeling at all. I thought it was just like <laughs> was literally two good friends. Uh, as opposed to the meme of lesbians are just two good friend, two really good friends, right, right, right. And so, uh-huh. but the queer community has latched onto this and really sees something. And some have even thought of it's queer baiting. And I'm like, I didn't yeah. see that at all. I have a hard disagree with that. Well, I think Brie Larson ended up coming out after the movie came out, uh, saying something along those lines, like kind of implying, like doing that thing that everybody who works on any Disney property does at this point, which is just saying like, oh yeah, I totally play those characters as being in love or whatever. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, I okay, but it's, okay. yeah. But of course it's like never in the fucking script or in of the movie. Not. So like, yeah. So, I mean, well, I would, I would be very fine, appreciative if that were the case. Okay, uh, cool. But, uh, I didn't see it at all. I didn't get that sense at all when watching this so maybe maybe if i go in a second time looking for it maybe i'll see it but should that really be the case so, yeah i don't know yeah. yeah i don't know i like uh, yeah i didn't get it at all either but it's a that it just yeah uh at this point i am very much like uh i have come to the point where i'm just like fucking put it in the script unless they fuck on screen unless it's full frontal nudity <laughs> i'm not even gonna show up uh, yeah anyway so that's captain marvel i think that was our major topic for the but- week and i think yeah, in oh. short, I really like. I liked it a lot. I guess we didn't. Really, I didn't get a chance to say that. I really enjoyed <laughs> my time there. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to uh, railroad you on that. It's cool. Good. <laughs> Sabriel, good. Uh, Merritt, did you have any uh, anything else that you wanted to add to any of that discussion? You cut out there, Steve. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Merritt. Did you have any th- thoughts about what anything you're hearing? Does that any of that make you want to go rush out and go see Captain Marvel and break your taboo on no, the? No, uh, not particularly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, why am I sorry? I'm not sorry. Um, Don't be. Yeah, it sounds like a perfectly cromulent movie. 
Mm. That's that's been a word I've heard a lot. It's it's a fine movie. I really enjoyed it, but to a lot of people, it was fine, and they're happy it was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't edgier. seat. yes, this is the best thing ever. Yay! But mm. I'm just I done with fun. superhero movies. I think I just hate that they're every movie. Um, I can get that, and I'm I just can't. I can't anymore. I can't with this right now. <laughs> you know, um, but that's the world we live in, and just. Um, I have but that's, accepted and that, that. That's always the world we live in to some degree, right? Like before this, it was, I don't know, war movies or something. Pro- Saving Private Ryan came out and then every movie was war movie. Sure. And before that, it was like every movie was cop movie. Zombies. True. Zombies. True, sure. true. I feel like superheroes have exploded in an unprecedented way. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. It's I'm I'm. It's probably a fine movie, and I'm glad people enjoy it. And I don't. Yeah. I, I, my dislike for these movies isn't um, premised on the idea that they are inherently terrible or that anyone who likes them is bad. I'm just like, I just <laughs> no, can't no. anymore. <laughs> I'm burnt out. I don't think any of us are saying that at no, all. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it sounds it sounds fun. I will agree that like the whole. Um, yeah, the fans, you know, who knows if this character is gay or not, like that shit fucking pisses me off because it's like, you get to have your delicious heterosexual cake and eat it too. Um, by which I mean, like, you know, now that it's kind of like, there is a segment of a vocal segment of fans who are like, we want queer stuff. You can be like, we see you guys. Here are some crumbs of my delicious cake. Um, and everyone will be like, oh my God, yes. Uh, when it's just like, this is nothing. Like, if this were anything, it would be in the movie, but it's not in the movie because um, then they couldn't sell it as widely as they are able to when it's not in the movie. Yep. Or, yep. I mean, like, even at that point, too, like, I think the movie's going to, it's a, at this point, the it's a Marvel movie. Like, people are going to go see it. This movie, despite, uh, like, the vocal minority. Well, here's the, the thing, though. Here's the thing about Marvel movies. Um, the U.S. isn't the only audience for them anymore. Like, Hollywood movies now have to be made in mind with, like, basically the entire world um, as, like, for distribution. So even if here it's only, like, a vocal minority of people who would be like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to see this movie because women, um, they absolutely take into account, like, local laws and things when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like... Putting just being like here's here's Captain America, or here's Captain Marvel. She is she is a homosexual. Um, would I think like severely limit the ways that they could distribute that around the world, and they would lose they would lose out on a lot of money. Okay, Maybe, well, that is not something I had considered. So I I mean yeah, that's do not understand that's, enough of uh, sort of speculating on my part, but I I suspect that that is part of the reason why when it may seem like okay yeah why don't we have this yet um i think it may just be because they're trying to sell like globally and like they're trying to make things as make their content as friendly as possible to um states in which there might be laws or like prevailing mores um against certain things yeah, I guess so. Like, that certainly sounds right. That certainly sounds like, now that you say that, that sounds absolutely like something I could believe. I've, but I would also say, like, I feel like they have had, Disney has, like, particular, has had 
characters in movies that have definitely been, like, queer, but it's just, like, they very much make sure that it's always, like, the side character or whatever, because they don't want it to be, like, the main thing. Like, what was it, Beauty and the Beast or something like that was the thing everybody was talking mm-hmm, about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, cause I think that stuff, ha- well, whatever, I didn't see Beauty and the Beast, so I don't know if they actually, like, do anything with that in that movie at all. Like, I don't care. Uh, but, like, I, I feel like it happens, it's just, it's just never the front of the movie, which, if it's at that point, maybe at that point it's just like, well, maybe in some versions of the movie, like, again, this is total speculation, even more so on my part, uh, maybe they could just cut out those scenes, because they definitely do in different versions of movies in different countries and things like that. Yeah. Like, uh... I remember Iron Man 3 had a different version in China than the rest of the world with, like, extra scenes that included more, like, Chinese characters in it. Uh, I had no idea. uh, Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, they're saying... I was just looking this up, and apparently uh, they're making an Eternals movie, and there is going to be an openly gay actor playing uh, someone. Um, So they're not saying that it will be an openly gay character, but, like, I assume probably um so that'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah i don't know enough about the eternals to know which one is that who... is that the space gods is that the jack kirby or am i thinking yes. of something else nope uh, you, you got it. that's that's the marvel jack kirby space gods not the dc jack kirby space gods <laughs> which is the new gods um oh okay yeah the eternals they're like i think they're like they're normal people and then like they remember that they're like super gods or something um, uh, you know, because that's also basically the Inhumans. So I don't know at this point. Like some of that's it's been a lot a of that minute. cosmic stuff. I'm pretty sure yeah. I read this in college, but uh, Neil Gaiman did a Eternal series. I remember yep. when they tried to make mm-hmm. the Eternals a thing mm-hmm. again. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I think this podcast has been going on for an eternity. Womp <laughs> womp. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was all right. <laughs> no, it was good. So that we, was good. Oh, okay. It's an all infinity. Right. <laughs> it's we've been in this gauntlet for an infinity as we jump through these hoops. I don't know. I didn't know how to make jump through these hoops work at the end there. Sorry. Uh, uh, civil so war. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're having a civil war in the discourse about queer characters in movies and the wasp yeah. and. The wasp is there. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh huh. What I'm saying is that we should probably wrap up yeah, here for the for the <laughs> evening. <laughs> Let people get back to their daily lives. Uh, so thanks everybody for uh, tuning in to listen to Fanwith episode seven. I want to say one of these days I'm going to remember the number. <laughs> uh, Sabriel, thank you for so much for showing up and uh, coming onto our show once again. <laughs> I like that low bar. Thank you for showing up. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, you you did what was asked of you. You spoke into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, it was fantastic. Merritt, thank you, as always, for uh, co-hosting with me. Thank you. Where can people find uh, you, Sabriel? Uh, you know what? Just go to Sabriel.me. It has links to everything I do. You have a website? You have yeah. your own website? Yeah, oh, sabriel.me. Wow. You can even email me if you want. <laughs> but yeah. Or if you can Holy spell shit. it out without me spelling it, at Sabriality on Twitter. Or just search okay. for Sabriel. I'm like one of the few actual ones. I lost. Are we still there? My thing is freezing up again here. Sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, <I was> man. <laughs> You're going to have uh, a time with this one. Yeah. There's uh, only two moments. Well, I have a website, too. Do you have a website? Yeah. Why the only I mean, one there's very website? little there. There's you don't 
no one really needs a website these days. But yeah, it's just MeritK.com. Um, That's great. It has my awards on it, um, which I have an award that says I'm good at Twitter and <laughs> one that says I'm best dad. So those are the two awards that I've won. Fantastic. Uh, I do have the trophies for them. Uh, that's my website. Well, my website is one fanbite.com. Okay, that's my I website have... too. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that is where you can probably find most of my writing these days. Pretty much all of my writing these days, in fact. And you can also follow me on Twitter at, at Stephen Strum. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks, everyone, you, the listeners, for listening. And none of this is possible without you. That's why we love to have you. Merritt, what do we tell those listeners that we love so much to have? Keep gaming, gamers. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>